By 1998, Tafa Jefferson's short NFL career with the Chicago Bears had come to an end. His ankles blown and his shoulders a mess. Now 23, he goes back home to live with his mom and dad, just for a couple of weeks until he can figure out his next steps. But as the weeks turn into months, Tafa starts to feel stuck. He's still young enough to try to rehab his ankle and get back in the game, but he knows that his chances of playing football again at any level are worse than one in a million. So now he has no prospects and no clue what to do next. And to make matters worse, he's sleeping in the same bed, the same room he grew up in. Every night, as he lays down in bed, he stares up at the ceiling that's covered in this thick. Circa 1982 popcorn texture ceiling, except for this one section, a patch right above him that's missing the texture. It's a patch that Tafa scraped off when, as a kid, he tried to paint the ceiling, and as he was painting, the texture just just kept coming down in clumps. And it's that patch that finally makes Tafa snap. Every night, you know, just kind of as I drift off to bed, staring at the patch in the ceiling, and I would tell myself, "I'm so sick of looking at that patch in the ceiling." I was dog tired of looking at the same patch, and I was telling myself, "Like you can't keep doing this. You can't keep. You can't stay in this situation." And so I'm like, "I'm doing something with myself, and it's not. I don't know what it is, but it's not going to be here." And that's when I decided to take action. I'm convinced that your achievements, talents, and even your failures and mistakes are all just leading you, guiding you to find your life's calling. I'm Marcus Mora, and this is Born to Run It, a show about what it takes to finally find that one business concept or idea that you were born to run. On the show today, I interview my business partner and former Chicago Bears offensive tackle. Tafa Jefferson. We talk about Tafa's entrepreneurial journey and how being cut from the NFL eventually fueled Tafa to take up his mother's cause and start Amada Senior Care, a company that last year grossed over seventy-two million dollars just by helping families take care of their aging loved ones at home. So we've all experienced rejection, from being picked last during recess, or getting cut from a high school team, or even not getting accepted into the, the university of our dreams, or getting passed over for a promotion that we think we deserved. So rejection is mundane; it's common. We all know that. But what's fascinating and unique about rejection is how it deeply affects each one of us, and more importantly, how it affects the businesses we launch, the art we create, or the impact we leave in this world. For example, if Michael Jordan had not been cut from his high school basketball team, would he still have become the greatest basketball player of all time? And I know that's arguable, but I stopped watching NBA games、uh, around the time that Michael Jordan quit, so. To me, he is the greatest basketball player of all time. Anyway, for Tafa though, being cut from the NFL in less than two years could have put him on this downward spiral path all too familiar to professional athletes. But Tafa wasn't raised like any other NFL pro. It was interesting because it was not like the normal household where you know dad has a nine to five 
you know, he, he was pretty much gone for 12, 14 hours a day. I mean, he was he was a hustler, right? Like he yeah. was hustling absolutely. to get stuff done. Yeah, absolutely. He he was he was a hard worker and um, and my mother was in healthcare. She she worked as a caregiver and um, it was interesting. They were like sailing ships because there were a lot of children in the home, five of us. And, yeah. And so, you know, he worked during the day. She worked the night shift, she, you know, and they would switch off. But you know, we had a happy home. It was a home that was filled with love and support. And Did you um, did you see your dad a lot? Or, or no, was I you, didn't. But I've never but, heard from you that you felt neglected by that. Like, absolutely, you know, like, no. He was a constant presence in our home. Um, for us, you know, there's four boys and uh, one girl, and um, you know, it was, I had a great childhood. And, and you know, what's interesting, Marcos, is we didn't have a lot, but we didn't know that we didn't have a lot. So you didn't right? know, like you didn't know if you were lower, middle, upper class. That wasn't even a thought to you. I had no clue. Do you remember when that may have dawned on you? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, as a young boy, and I'm talking, you know, my my, my early early years. I think it kind of hit me when we we transitioned from Los Angeles to Orange County. Uh, my young, my older brother was starting to hang around the wrong crowd, uh-huh. and my dad he had the wherewithal to say, "Okay, I've got you know a, a few boys here, and if I don't get them out of this element and transition them to a better environment, um, I'm going to lose them to the streets." Yeah, and, and he told us that. And so it wasn't until we transitioned into Orange County. Now, if you can imagine, there's there's several of us, you know, and my mother and my father sold the home and we moved into a one car garage that's probably as, as big as this, a little bit bigger than the office that we're standing in here, your office. Yeah. And we had a refrigerator. We had a, uh, a microwave oven and we had a bed. And my father, he built... He was very um, industrious. He built racks on the wall. Uh-huh. So he, he would get plywood and four by fours, and he built two large racks, and we would sleep. No way. Like, military style. Yeah, because my father's in the military. It's barracks. He built homemade barracks. And every <laughs> night we'd come home from school, we'd do our homework, we'd come home from school, we'd crawl up in the barracks and go to sleep, wake up in the morning, go to school. So Tafa doesn't grow up with a silver spoon, but that's not really the most unique thing about his childhood. See, in high school, Tafa was well on his way to becoming six foot six and weighing about 220 pounds. But believe it or not, because of a heart murmur, he doesn't play football until his senior year. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was always a basketball player, you know, so I had pretty good feet. Um, and my father, he held me out of football because he, I was born with a heart murmur. Mm-hmm. And for some reason or another, he, he just, in his head, thought that, you know, I couldn't take the uh, blow. And you play basketball. Yeah, I know. But, you know, but, but not, fo- football's contact, yeah, right? Is, yeah. And it's funny because my younger brother uh, was, was always better than me in football. Love? He, yeah. He started really? at an early age, yeah. And so, um, and so he was really talented. And I always wanted to play, but I just knew it was not in the cards. So they would always try to recruit me. And, you know, I was a decent basketball player. I had some good feet. But it wasn't until my senior year in, in, in high school that I told my mother, I said, hey, you know, I really want to try this out. You know, I, I don't know if I'll ever get over the fact that I've never played high school football. Right. So she just wouldn't sign me up. She, knowing that my dad did not want me to play, signed up. And what did your dad say when he found out? Uh, he was disappointed, but he was disappointed. Was, yeah, he he was disappointed. I don't think he ever came to a high school game. He never did. Never. No. 
But you know what? Here's the thing is it's it's interesting because, you know, my dad, I've always wanted to please my father, even to this day, you know, we all I see that, right? yeah. In fact, I've already told you this, but every post we do, every piece of content we put out there, the mm-hmm. very first person to like it and share it, you know who that is. It's your dad. Everything, everything. Yeah. It's amazing. He's a good man. Yeah. He's a good man. But, you know, I was always trying to impress him and he never came. And you know what? It didn't it didn't bother me, it didn't matter to me because I knew I was having fun, I was enjoying myself, yeah. and it. I think he really was concerned that we'd ha- get injured, right? Yeah. And he always said, hey, you know, focus on school, apply yourself in the classroom, and, you know, life will take care of you. I mean, things will fall into place, and, you, and you'll be able to take care of yourself through education. But, but let me back up. When yeah. when you played your senior year, so you had the genetics, right? I mean, you're, yeah. you're a big guy, so... But did you play in high school thinking of anything other than, I just want to play my senior year? Uh, was there no. any idea that I could it play was, in college, I could get the NFL? Was there anything there? A complete fluke. No, never even a thought in my mind. Yeah. No, I never thought about it. And it wasn't until I started getting recruiting letters from these universities. And um, I remember I was my wife now, my girlfriend at the time, right. um, I was telling her, hey, I'm getting these letters from like this this school out in Iowa. I'm getting this letters from school, you know, in North Dakota. And she's like, well, you know, are you really considering leaving me and, and, and going? And, and I'm like, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but, you know, what? There's it certainly piqued my interest. I'm like, you know what? I, I let's Let me kind of try this out at the junior college, you know, level and see if it wow. materializes. That junior college was the University of the Pacific, or UOP, in Stockton, California. Now, I've checked into this. I've seen the recruitment letters. Tafa was being heavily, heavily recruited by some major universities. And he comes this close to playing for Washington State alongside the now infamous quarterback, Ryan Leaf. Yes, that Ryan Leaf. If you don't know who I'm talking about, just Google Ryan Leaf. For those of you who remember Ryan, he's actually joining me for a future podcast very soon, so stay tuned for that. Now, back to Tafa. In the end, Tafa decides to go to UOP for some really good reasons. First, he's able to negotiate a football scholarship with UOP for his kid brother, whose real name is Love Jefferson. And Love is one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet, and he also ends up playing in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. Second, the UOP campus is close to home and it's close to Alicia, his high school sweetheart and future wife. But the third and most important reason had nothing to do with football. It was the fact that UOP offered a bachelor's in entrepreneurial studies, a degree that Tafa knew his father would be really, really proud of. Which goes to show you that even though Tafa was being heavily recruited by some major schools, the idea that he could eventually play in the NFL wasn't even on his radar. Halfway into my first year that I showed up on campus and I was playing, my coach at the time, he was telling me, hey, if you keep this up, you can play on Sundays. And you know, it's so embarrassing because I didn't even know what that meant. I don't know what that means. That means if you continue to play well on Saturday... You can play on Sunday. College to the NFL plays on Sunday. That's a thing. See, so I, I don't, like, I don't follow uh, yeah, football. Yeah. So literally for several months, I'm like, what in the? Why? Heck? What is what he talking about? about that? Yeah. Again, I, I had no clue. 
And still, if you're six foot six and you weigh about 300 pounds, you're not going to escape the NFL. Tafa does end up playing on Sundays for the Chicago Bears, but it's over almost as fast as it starts. He's drafted and cut from the league in less than two years. It's something Tafa will gladly talk about, and and but he also doesn't go around saying, hey, did you know that I used to play for the Bears? And by the way, he doesn't really have to. Almost everywhere we go, someone stops him and asks if he's some other famous football player. And the cool thing is, is he just says, no, no, I'm not. And that's that. And of course, there's that time when I introduced Tafa as a former center for the Chicago Cubs at an NFL alumni event. Yeah, as you know, I, I don't follow sports. So after getting cut from the Bears, not the Cubs, that's baseball, Tafa goes back home, back to sleeping in his childhood bed, and shortly after getting fed up with every night staring at his parents' outdated popcorn ceiling, he finally gets the inspiration he needs. So my, my mom was a caregiver, uh, she still is a caregiver, and she worked her way up into a private duty, a privately held company, and... Um, she worked her way from the field staff all the way up to management, and um, she came home from lunch one day. She's on her lunch break, and I was in the kitchen, of course, making a sandwich. I'm like, I'm bored. I don't have anything to do. I don't have a job. Might as well go make a sandwich. So I'm in the kitchen making lunch, and she comes home from, from the office, and she's like, hey, what are you doing today? You know, in her loving way, she, you know, she's just like, you know, what's what's the plan? What are you going to do? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, doing something with – you know, the hospital administration, that's kind of like, I, I, I know I want to work with seniors and work in the hospital. I know I want to do something with sales. I just went and interviewed with um, Eli Lilly mm-hmm. for a pharmaceutical sales right. job because I love people. Yeah. And, uh, but I just, that was just too stuffy for me. I, I just, the thought of wearing a suit and a tie and, and every day, it, it just didn't fit me. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm like, any suggestions would be greatly appreciated right about now. And she's like, why don't you just start your own home care company? And that was it. It was like literally that one statement. I'm like, huh, that might not be a bad idea. And I'm like, what do I need to do to start that? She's like, just start it. That's all I needed. It was just that simple sentence. And literally the next day, I ran down to Sears Mm -hmm. because at the time there was no Best Buy. If you were buying a computer, you'd have to go to a, a department store like Sears. That's I right. Bought yeah. a, I bought a computer from Sears and then figured, hey, if I'm going to start a business, I'm going to need employees and um, started doing some research on employment companies. And then I found this little niche. It was a registry, nurses registry. And I'm like, hey, maybe that's where I start. And uh, yeah, I started the nurses registry in, in late part of 97. And that, that's how I got in the game. I did really well. I mean, I grew the business to, I mean, I was in roughly about $4.5 million in revenue just by myself. And that's a lot for, you know, a 27-year-old. That's a good-sized business for someone like that. And um, so for me, it was great. I mean, it was perfect because it allowed me to, you know, marry my high school sweetheart. We right. had a wedding. We got bought our first place. And, you know, life was great. We were yeah. off and running. And the business was growing, and uh, we were doing great. And then all of a sudden, the bottom fell out, and um, uh, that was that was very difficult because I, in a short period of time, I, I essentially lost the business. I went from running this very 
um, lucrative uh, uh, nurses registry and I just really worked hard to establish us as, as a go-to company in Orange County and we did a great as far as you know being recognized as, 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 a, as a player right. as one of the top four or five companies in Orange County and um, yeah I lost it all I mean you know the business model was flawed um, and essentially the state came after us and said hey you know these people have been misclassified as independent contractors right. and so me being young and having too much money I figured I'd hire the best law firm money could buy and I decided to challenge the state and and I lost you can't quite can't fight city hall you can't fight I mean you're just not gonna win with a failed business behind him Tafa sets off to start over he's wiser at this point and he wants to make sure that he doesn't make the same mistakes again But he also knows that starting over is not going to be easy. He used to tell me all the time how tired he would feel just thinking about the mountain of work ahead of him to relaunch his business. And there was another problem. He was also tired of being alone in business, even though he didn't really even realize how tired he was back then. Because up to this point, he's been the lone wolf. And as any entrepreneur will tell you, Being a lone wolf entrepreneur has some advantages, but in the end, it's incredibly lonely. But still, there's no one in Tafa's life at this point that he would trust enough to build a business with. Nobody that he could share this business and the effort that he was going to have to employ to relaunch everything. At least, no one like his old college quarterback, Chad Fotheringham. Tafa and I had originally met uh, back in college, we played football together. I, I was a quarterback and he was an offensive lineman. So, uh, and, and we hadn't seen each other for probably over 10 years. Uh, I had started a pharmaceutical career selling pharmaceuticals and I ran into his brother at a pet store one day and we caught up and, uh, we set a time for us to go out to lunch and Toph and I went out to lunch and caught up and shortly after the lunch, we were heading back to my office and he took me to visit one of his clients who was on hospice. And I was a little hesitant to go in the house, but we eventually went in and, and ended up staying for hours and talking to this guy. And we really got to know him and, and, and talk pretty deeply. And after we came out and I just said, you have an amazing you know, career, what you're doing, you're really making a difference in people's lives. And a couple of days after that, he asked me to lunch again. And I thought it was kind of strange. I thought maybe he was just lonely or that he didn't have any other friends, but he called me back and, and at lunch, he asked me to start Amada. At that point, he was transitioning out of doing what he was doing with more nurses and more hiring caregivers. And he wanted a business partner. And he, he saw that basically I'd been deeply impacted by meeting with his client. And so that's how Amada started. With Tafa's former quarterback, Chad Fotheringham, now running sales and Tafa running operations, Amada Senior Care takes Orange County and its competition by storm. It's not even a fair fight. With both standing at six foot six, Tafa and Chad are just unavoidable and they quickly become kind of famous in Orange County as the big guys of senior care. In fact, their story is so good. It makes it on the cover of the business section of the Orange County Register. By the end of 2012, Toff and Chad's one location in Laguna Woods, California, ends up caring for thousands of seniors, employing over 300 caregivers, and generates over $7 million in gross sales by their fifth year in business. 
Now, generating $7 million in gross sales back in 2012 out of one location in Orange County is nothing to sneeze at. But we started the podcast talking about how Amada generated $72 million in revenues just last year in 2018. So you might be asking, wait, how the heck did Tafa and Chad do $72 million in six years? Well, they didn't. At least not by themselves. Here's Chad. The next thing you know, we're about five or six years into our business. It's 2011. And we have some plans to expand into different areas within California, just within our own business. But uh, an old friend of mine, Rob Christensen, who I'd worked with at Pfizer, he called me and asked me if I could help him vet out some different senior care companies that he was looking at franchising. Um, and so I sat on a couple calls. We talked to some different companies and, and I advised him that he shouldn't go with those companies. I didn't think that they had the depth of understanding that they needed to. Uh, you know, Tafa, my business partner, had been in business for at this point probably 15, 16 years. And we had a pretty good understanding of what it took to be successful. And I didn't think that the companies that we had vetted out together um, had that level of understanding. So the next week, Rob asked if he could come down and kind of see what we were doing. And, and as he came down and looked and saw what we were doing, he started grabbing brochures and started grabbing a lot of our collateral and Toffee came in and was like, who is this guy? And what's he doing with all of our collateral? And and Rob told both of us, me and Toffee, he said, well, I think I want to franchise what you guys are doing. And Toffee was like, no, we are not going to franchise. That's not, you know, our, we have a different model and we kind of want to just do things on our own. And after time, as Toffee really got to know Robert and we realized that you know, if we had other partners who thought like we did and who had the same values and the same mission and the same desire to grow a similar type business that it, we considered it and we thought maybe we should, you know, Robert's the right type of person. And next thing you know, uh, within, you know, the next six to 12 months, we started franchising, even though it had never, we really never thought about building a motto with franchising in mind. It was all about creating a, a an organization that we could grow with just me and Tafa. But once we found Robert and we, we kind of built that franchise model, um, everything took off. And took off it did. Robert goes on to launch Amada locations in three different states, employing hundreds of caregivers, caring for thousands of seniors. Fast forward about seven years and Amada now has over 120 franchise locations throughout the United States, all owned by entrepreneurs like Robert Christensen. Over the next 10 years, Amada's mission is to help 200 entrepreneurs generate at least 5 million in yearly revenues. Now do the math, that's a billion dollar company. But it's not just about the money. Tafa's mission is still to take up his mother's cause of caring for seniors. He knows that if he's able to help 200 entrepreneurs build massive home care organizations, he'll be able to reach his goal of caring for at least a million seniors over the next 10 years. Oh, and by the way, Tafa did get back in the game, not as a player or a coach, but as a caregiver. Last year, Tafa signed a deal with the NFL Alumni Association to provide home care for all of his fellow NFL players who need care as they age. If you want to learn more about Amada Senior Care, 
listen to previous episodes of Born to Run It, or if you need help finding the business that you were born to run, go to our podcast page at www.borntorunit.com. Thank you so, so much for listening to our show. You can subscribe to our show anywhere you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a review. It's your reviews that will help us reach more people who might be searching for their callings and allow us to document and tell more stories of amazing entrepreneurs. If you want to send us a tweet, it's at Born to Run It. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search for our show, Born to Run It. And if you enjoyed this or any of our episodes, I promise we won't be mad at you for sharing our show on social media using the hashtag Born to Run It. Our show is edited by the wonderful Deanna Mejia. I'm Marcos Mora, and you've been listening to Born to Run It. Hey, Marcus here with some uh, legal mumbo jumbo for you. So this podcast is not an offer to sell a franchise. The offer of a franchise can only be made through delivery of a franchise disclosure document. And certain states require that we register our franchise disclosure document in those states before offering a franchise there. So this communication is not directed to any residents of those states. Now, for any more information on this, please go to AmataSeniorCareFranchise.com slash important dash note. Again, that's AmataSeniorCareFranchise.com slash important dash note. Also, any financial representations that you hear on this podcast or in any of our materials, please go verify them in our franchise disclosure document under item 19, financial representations.